0: and the FTS moment seems for the F this shiz moment. So you wanna know when your client or prospect has that moment where they're like crying into their Merlot and they're like, I'm done, I'm done, I will pay for this. I am so over this problem, this is not going away. If we can figure out that, we are gonna be able to write good copy.
1: Welcome to the Brands That Book show, where we help creative businesses find more clients and build their brands. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today's guest is Ashlyn Carter, a copywriter for Creative Women. She's had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest names in the creative industry, including Jenna Kutcher, Heather Crabtree, Hillary Rushford, and others. And beyond that, she's also a talented calligrapher, and her work has been featured in Southern Weddings and The Knot. Today, Ashlyn talks to us about how her business began and gives us tips for writing high-converting web copy on our own websites. All right, I am so excited to have you uh, live with me, Ashlyn, and um, you're one of the first people that I thought of uh, as I was putting together my initial list of uh, interviewees. So I'm well, so glad that, that you... Well, that means the world. Yeah, no, and, um, and you know, I, I've heard, I've got to, the opportunity to hear you speak on a number of occasions now. Uh, and each time I hear you speak, uh, you know, there's always something new that I pick up. And uh, you're such a talented educator and speaker um, that, you know, recently I'd asked you to speak to our core students, and they love that. Oh. Um, and so I asked them, you know, if, if you had... Uh, If um, you could ask Ashlyn anything, what's one question you would ask? So I have a whole list of stuff uh, eventually that I'm going to have to get through. Um, But before we get to that, uh, today you're really here talking to us about uh, some practical strategies for writing high converting web copy. Yes. And I'm excited to get into that. Um, Me
0: too. And I'm I just sure. want to pause and say, I appreciate so much your kind words. I feel like if I could pick, like where's the brother that like in this industry that I didn't get when I came out of the womb, the twin I don't have, <laughs> I feel like you think in a like a marketing. And so that, it means a lot what you said, because I do think you're a very shrewd copywriter yourself and I'm really, really good at online marketing.
1: Thanks. Well, you know, to be honest, one of the reasons that I decided to start a podcast was because I get the opportunity. It's an excuse to uh, learn from all the people that I want to learn from.
0: Amen. Uh, so
1: I'm yeah. excited to uh, take what you talk about today and apply that to um, my own copy on our website, awesome. uh, which is currently going through uh, some updates that will be launched Sweet. by the time this uh, this podcast launch. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who are sitting at home, it's like high converting website copy. That kind of sounds like a little scary. Uh, don't worry. We're going to ease our way into it. Yes. Um, because first, Ashlyn, you have such a... Uh, An incredible story, and I feel like, especially in the last year um, or two years, you've you sort of just you've just blown up. You've come out of you know almost nowhere, um, especially on the copywriting scene. And I'm I'm sure it's um, you know we can attribute that I'm sure to uh, just how skilled you are in doing that, but then also um, kind of uh, people realizing the need for good copy and what that can do to their websites. So could you talk about you know really uh, when you got started? What was the first you know, you have a corporate background. Uh, so yeah. how did you even get into, you know, tell us kind of the uh, the short story here.
0: Sure thing. So there is the documentary, uh, The Founder. I'm sure you've seen that.
1: Uh, McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So good, right? Okay, yep. so Ray Kroc, you know, believe what you wish about him. But he has that quote. Um, where somebody told him McDonald's was an overnight success. So he said, yeah, but that was the longest 30 night sleep. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I think whenever anybody says that is it is kind, like it did grow fast, but um, my story is really messy and it's long and I've been doing um, what I do now for a really long time. The audience just shifted entirely. So um, like you said, my background studied journalism, mass communication and poli-sci. Loved my, like never changed my major once, loved it. And um, the dream when you grow up and as a little girl in a small town in Alabama, it's to work in the big city of Atlanta, <laughs> right? So that's what I wanted and um, moved over and started working in agency public relations and communications. And so, again, being in Atlanta, the clients that we serviced were the Coca Cola, Delta Airlines, Chick fil A, anything that's um, built here. Those were the clients in the agency I was at. And I loved agency life. I loved the speed. I loved the culture. I loved the fact that there was a beer cart that came around at five o'clock. Like, it was just like, Disney World to work in. It was just fun and energetic, and I I mean, just ate it up, loved what I did. But um, I worked constantly all the time, and I ended up moving from there to work um, as a celebrity chef based here in Atlanta as publicist for him and his 11 restaurants in Um, He he lured me over with the idea that maybe I could work a little less um, because I was working, like I said, constantly. And um, unfortunately, not just due to him, a lot to me, which I want to talk about, um, that didn't actually happen. And I kind of realized I was just very prone to um, workaholism and kind of like perfectionism and loved being busy and so um, one thing led to another and uh, my my dear husband proposed and that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, couldn't keep all the balls in the air because I haven't mentioned but throughout all of this my um, side hustle moonlight job to honestly just get a creative break was doing calligraphy for brides so all these things obviously can't fit in one life and so um, I started managing things like in the, the dumbest way ever but I started measuring what went into my body and then what i could get out through exercise and that just very quickly created this bank and before i knew it i'd full-on developed an eating disorder studied ballet for 18 years so this should like there are some there are some patterns um but i had to go into hospitalization i was 27 years old and like obsessed with my job and then had to go on medical leave of absence which i thought like i would never uh yeah, I was just so worried about losing my job which is funny now because it was through that that time in hospitalization that I sat there and I was like you know what this is not this is not conducive this is not fun I'm not enjoying life right now um, and that was the first moment I realized you could change that if you don't like it so I started dreaming about the day you know maybe I could work for myself maybe I could write who for who I want to write for and control my own time and my own schedule and um, I came home and complained one too many days after I went back to work and my husband was like that's it you're done um, and I'm so glad he had the foresight to kind of call me out on that and um, push me to start my own business. So, um, I did not start out doing just copywriting at first, um, prim- primarily to calligraphy and also did in all kinds of writing. So, hogs buddy I was gonna raise my hand for it um, and about just a single about page if they needed um, editorial copy for magazines I was gonna do that I did everything and it was um, through I know we we're both uh, mutual friends with Christina Scalera it was yep. through women like that kind of being like hey you know what and I'll talk about it later um, maybe you should maybe you should lock into this copywriting for creative thing you know you you seem to um, enjoy that the most and so now that is um, we only service this year we're only doing about five brides um, cutting way down and so um, calligraphy still there. I've kind of learned to look at it as my creative outlet and a place to um, just have rest and enjoy do, making something with my hands. But we, um, we write conversion copy for creatives.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I want to unpack what conversion copywriting means, but you know, your story uh, and you just, I mean, you summarized it in like 60 seconds there, but there's so much there, you know? So I want to, I want to go back when you're, um, sure. when you're in your PR communications agency job, were you doing a lot of writing then?
0: Yes, constantly. I, you know, when I was primary, when I was in the, the agency, I did, um, and I didn't even know what copy was. So to anybody listening who's like not quite sure what it was, I, I was like... Writing copy for Delta Airlines without knowing that that's what that was I just knew that we had to flesh out the words to go into the email marketing campaigns. that We would send out to the SkyMiles customers so um, We did I did a lot of writing. I actually didn't do in working at the communications agency the accounts I was on as much um, pitching which Mm -hmm. means uh, contacting reporters and media relations But I was um, I had done that in other jobs uh, so that was kind of that was something I loved but when I switched and started working for that chef night the bread and butter of what I did switched from website copywriting and email marketing campaigns and planning big events for SkyMiles customers to pitching just mm-hmm. bread and butter media relations and pitching and that is a lot of writing too and um yeah so it was i feel like you know how when you're trying to figure out like what what is this what is the ashland size hole in the universe where is the thing i'm good at that i can step up to the plate and do people always say it's that thing that to you you're like what people think that's hard and to <laughs> me that's always been marketing writing i'm like i think i just that was when i fell into the creative ecosystem and realized wait you mean people don't like writing their websites like come on that is the easy part it's the other stuff that i don't want to do um that, yeah. That yeah, <laughs> and I, you know,
1: I feel like people dread uh, writing their websites. But um, calligraphy. So how did you know? Yeah. So calligraphy at first is just a, just sort of like a stress release for you. So did you just kind yes. of pick it up on the side? How did that come about? Yeah.
0: So I remember being in Michael's, you know, the art supply store when I was yep. like 11, and I saw a kit. I just I always liked. I felt I've always felt like I'm creative if I have the bounds within to work. Like mm-hmm. I think ballet, like I like give me give me the technique and I can go from there. I'm not really like a. On my own kind of creative person I don't feel like and so that's why I fell in love with like words and making words beautiful I used to sit in the back of chemistry didn't quite understand them all and I would just just doodle on my notes just make like really pretty words and so people quickly started um, like if they needed a chalkboard done or they needed name tags done for sorority recruitment like I was always the one that they asked and then um, somebody asked me to do their wedding and about the third person asked me to do their wedding and I was like you know what I should probably like actually learn like the technique behind this and so <laughs> (laughs) I did and I just loved it and I think yeah after typing all day it felt so good to make make a piece of art that was um not gonna and I kind of loved like I like flowers like beauty that doesn't last there's something about it that's cool and so it's never bothered me that it's paper um you know it's not canvases that's my my medium of choice but um yeah so I um and we can talk more I've 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 been told a lot to cut, you know, like, why don't you just split the business? Why don't you just cut it out? And, um, for a lot of reasons, I, I'm not going to, so yeah. So
1: it. now that it's not the main focus of your business, do you find that it's still, you know, it sort of has that same, you know, therapeutic stress or, or, uh, stress-free, you know, nature to it again. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think it absolutely does. I also really enjoy that it reminds me um, what it's like to be in my clients' shoes, um, especially the clients that I service that are in the B2C space that are still booking those brides. Book um, I still know what it's like to try to book brides and fill out your calendar um, and do that, that basic bread and butter client work that's maybe not in the funnel mapping course launching kind of realm that a lot of entrepreneurs grow to.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, similar with um, wedding photography, you know, we don't do nearly as much wedding photography anymore, but it's crazy when you go down to just just shooting 10 weddings a year, all of a sudden you have that much more time to get to know your clients, Um, and so that, that, to a certain extent, uh, now is... you know, I, I, wouldn't say it's more fun. You know, we always enjoy working with our couples, of course, yes. but, um, there is, uh, there's definitely a aspect of, you know, fun that we don't have, um, when we're shooting 40 weddings, nailed in a it. Year, you know,
0: you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah.
1: So when you're, you're working as a publicist, um, you have this calligraphy side hustle. Um, were you making money from that side hustle as you were working for this publicist?
0: Yes, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I, like, didn't even, I, I mean, I don't know what, I charged just, like, kind of what I saw on Etsy, and, the, like, I learned this from, like, the bottom up, and then um, I didn't, this is what I was going to say, I was like, I didn't, like, mark it down as income, because it was just, like, fun money, you know, it was just, yeah. like, a hundred bucks here and there, and I, I didn't know what I was doing, I just enjoyed it, and enjoyed trying, you know, getting one job done, and trying to get the next envelope batch that I could do after work. So, um, yeah. (laughs) So
1: how did you make that transition? You know, so your husband comes to you and says, Hey, listen, you gotta, you know, you gotta give this, you gotta give up all this other stuff now. And so he gets you, you know, a laptop to, to focus on calligraphy, I guess. And, um, what, you know, so what do you do from them? What was your first step? Did you feel overwhelmed? Like, oh, I got to imagine that leaving uh, your full-time job, you left behind uh, a a salary and benefits Yes. um, to move into calligraphy, um, where now you're working for yourself. Like, what did that look like?
0: Yes. I was convinced that you could never make more on your own. I was convinced, you know, and I was like, you know what, that's, um, which I, somebody had told me a mentor of mine, you know, she was like, no, like you can make as much or more. Like, it's not, it's not stupid to leave your corporate job to work for yourself. But, um, I think that, I remember that first Monday it was raining here in Atlanta and I sat in my office and I was like, Oh, expletive. Like I have got <laughs> to book people because like it is this or nothing. I did not. I remember like when I was dreaming about starting my job, I was like, and I'm going to have six months on, you know, clients ready to go retainer work. Like I'm going to have, I'm going to be an editor in a couple of magazines around town. So I'll have that steady income. Like I'm going to do this right. And that is not what happened at all. So,
1: so how did you, how'd you go find out, find those first clients?
0: The first client I I pitched, all, I think like that I, I knew how to pitch, right. I mm-hmm. knew how to like put myself out there and like Make make some recommendations. Hey, I see um, you regularly have this story in the magazine. Um what about what do you think about this idea I could write it for you you know here's my right blah, 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 boom job you know so I did that a few times so I had those regular writing jobs had a couple of friends around town I communicated pretty broadly to my um, network of you know yuppie friends in Atlanta I'm moving and of course then the block hey we, we need content for our corporate blog all those jobs came in so I took on a lot of corporate clients um, I did not take on creative entrepreneurs at servicing at all for the first probably three or four months until um, a light bulb moment happened but so that's how I got the writing jobs and then the calligraphy I just started honestly posting about it on social media a lot and um people started recognizing that hey she's doing this full-time now guess we can book her so that's those first um, that first batch of clients but it was still very uh, hustle minded I think I was just I opted out acted out of a place of scarcity and just always worried the jobs were gonna run out and um, it was a very scary time so I just said yes to every single job that came in
1: And do you think there was any value into that, you know, in that? And I know we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, finding your ideal client and certainly, you know, when you you want to write copy for a specific client in mind. Yes. Uh, but do you think that there's any value when you're first starting out in, in kind of taking what came along? And it sounds like to me, uh, Ooh, that's good. Copywriting and calligraphy, that was that kind of all happened at the same time.
0: Yes, yeah. it did. It, it it happened in tandem and like the essentialist Greg McCown, like lover in me is like, Whoa, why did I do all these things at once? <laughs> but, um, I thought that big moment where it shifted, I invested in Bonnie Bakhtiari's a loom retreat. And I remember buying the ticket when it was kind of first we were I was still in my corporate job and I was seeing that this is something we were going to move into. And I just followed her on Instagram and it was on her email list you know, just learning about this creative world. And she opened it for tickets and I stepped outside in the parking lot and I called Wes and I was like, Hey, this is a $4,500 investment, but I think I can make it back Can I do it. And for some reason he said, yes. And that is when, whenever people ask me like, what was that? Um, how did you go from just like, you know, nobody, not really, you know, like not even really not even really full-time into this, to having consistent, regular, um, high-end clients, and I really think it was getting in front of the women that I wanted to work with, but just investing in my education and going to a conference, meeting people, Because, and I say that because what happened at that, um, sat down with a girl that I was terrified to talk to over jalapeno margaritas, her name's Jenna Kutcher, and for some reason, she took notice of me and interested me, she started asking me um, question, just had our first miscarriage, so we connected because um, i just got out of recovery. And so we were talking back and forth. And um, of course we leave a loom and I'm thinking, Okay, well that was great. Nice to know her. I'll never speak to her again. Um, she's a celeb. And then um, a few months later she reached out. She said, "Hey, I saw that you. I know remember you did email marketing copy for Delta Airlines. Would you be interested in doing it for a course launch? I'm launching an Instagram course for the second time. It went well the first time and I'm looking to up level. This is our first program that she ever did and um, I was like, "I mean, sure, would you trust me?" And she was like, "Well, yeah, it's like, well, let's just try it." And that I always think about, like I want to be that for somebody one day. Um, cause she just, she saw the skills that I had in a corporate setting and how I could apply those to something that was different yet also the same. And, um, that once I like, I had her on my, my client roster and I, um, started really learning that, that kind of changed the game. I was like, okay, this is my sweet spot now. This is who I can serve. And people trusted me because they looked up to her. Um, so that was, that was the, the. The turn the Titanic around, moment for sure, yeah.
1: And I gotta imagine that it was difficult trying to uh, market to both brides on one hand, yeah, and then uh, business in general, uh, especially. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and that's how pretty to broad. send all those
0: breakup letters to a bunch of like corporate, you know, yeah. I, I'm changing my clientele, you know, because I think they were like, What, why, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. and so, um. I mean, it's crazy to think uh, just the power of, uh, you know, relationships uh, and getting yeah, out there. And yeah. um, people always ask, uh, and I feel like it's the simple, uh, it's a simple answer. And so maybe, you know, I want to make it, you know, when people ask, uh, I feel like they're always expecting maybe something that's more complex than it really is. Uh, but it's, you know, go so out true. and meet people, you know? Yeah, um, it wasn't get funnels, it
0: wasn't ads, it was, it was relationships and niching.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think, uh, you know, in the beginning, it's those things that don't really scale, you know, but they compound. And so when you go Ouch. and meet one person uh, and re- relationships, I do, I think they compound, you know, you meet one person and then uh, meeting that one person turns into meeting, uh, meeting others and so on. Um, and so I certainly found that's uh, true of our business. But that's so interesting to hear. Um, that's how you found, that's how you you got your first clients. Um mm-hmm. and then after that you can focus on things that scale, such as paid advertising and funnels and, yes. and
0: yes. those sorts of I things. I love how you said you're right. It doesn't that was a great that was a good sound right? But you're right, it doesn't it didn't, it looks bleak at first. Like you, you think you're like, why on earth would I a invest all this when I don't, you know, not ready yet to pay it all? Like, it's not just sitting there in the bank and then um, why would I niche? Why would I say no? Why, 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 why? And um, it just, it, it seems stupid at first, but st- I always tell people like stick with it. You could be a generalist, but I've just not in my, from the clients I've served and just my own experience, I've not seen generalist work scale as quickly. So
1: yeah yeah and I think when you find um, and, and uh, I'm sure there's different copywriting techniques that can help with this um, but I know even when we left Rising Tide Society you know we had yeah. all, I, I felt like all sorts of uh, all sorts of skills and it was difficult to figure out um, you know which ones we were going to focus on, how we were going to serve, uh, who we were even going to serve within uh, the creative industry. Um, And it just took time. You know, I think it, I think part of it, uh, going through that process of kind of taking everybody, I think sometimes can be helpful. um, As long as you're, you're trying to, you're trying to find those things that you actually enjoy, you know, and then once you realize those things, um, you know, starting to really be hyper-focused on, on just that. Yes, So uh, this seems to be a good time to kind of shift our our conversation over to copywriting and really that's what uh, I wanna get into. Um, So what is copywriting?
0: Okay, so copywriting is the art and the science of words that elicit action. Pretty much any of the words that come alongside the marketing collateral that you have in your business, um, that is copywriting. I personally don't consider um, blog writing, necessarily to be, and that's something that I think a lot of people are like, okay, so yeah, kind of your blogs, but like that to me, that's content marketing. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's content, but copywriting, I'm talking about those words that make somebody take an action, all the words on your website, on um, your services page, any, um, emails that you get regular emails um, that are asking you to do something, um, any ad copy. I think we, th- you, um, I know you mentioned when we were ramping up for this call is, this is such an old, an old form of communications um think back to those ads that you see you know like when advertising first like that heyday and you know 50s 60s Mad Men era like that is where copywriting really had its birth so when you think about it in its simplistic form it was the the, the copy and advertising so
1: yeah, and that's fascinating to me because I do think that uh, it's something that our industry is just waking up to.
0: Yes. You know, it's yes. like how
1: powerful that this can be. And I think that when you start um, identifying different copywriting formulas and strategies that you see them yeah. everywhere. Every, you know, you're exactly right. When you right. turn on the TV, you see them. Every Facebook yes. ad you see from now on, you're just looking <laughs> at it through a different lens. And I think it's so powerful yeah. that even knowing those things, we still – you know, we we still get marketed to. You know, we still is it
0: that funny? Yeah, he? go yeah. down
1: the funnel, you know, so to speak.
0: How many times I'm? Or I'll like be on a funnel and I'll buy it. Or I bought the. This is probably I shouldn't say this either. I have bought. I've written courses, course launch funnels, and then. And they, they were in the process of building it out and I sell myself on it and then I bought it. That's happened to me twice. And I know the client's like, really? Um, but it's, yeah, we know all the tricks, but it still works. And I think that's a kind of quirk, a fun quirk about copywriting too.
1: Yeah. I mean, just the, you know, power of understanding some psychology and, uh, mm-hmm. and implementing it. Um, so what kind of copywriting do you focus on? Cause I do think it is a, a fairly broad, like anything else like design, you know, there's different kinds of designs. So what kind of copywriting do you focus on?
0: Yeah. So definitely for creative entrepreneurs um, that is my primary primary market and wedding industry specifically is something that i um, just that's a passion product project of mine just because I know it and I love it uh, but we do website copywriting so the the brand messaging that starts that's the, the first pillar is the foundational element and upon that you can build your website copy that's one service that we offer and we also offer launch copywriting which will a launch copy launch is really just a fancy word for a promotional period right um, so the way that looks in the online sphere these days is um, it includes a lot of emails, a whole lot of emails, and um, they're all mapped together and funneled out. And then um, sales pages, which I think maybe your audience—we've all hit a sales page, right? Mm-hmm. You're in this business for a week and you hit a sales page. <laughs> um, and then ads, which we also all hit all the time. So that's what we do. Um, we don't do that—the blog content marketing mm-hmm. writing. We don't do editing. Sir, so I think there's once you start learning about writing as a service, you realize there's a lot of different. Um, facets of it. So um, that is something I think at first a lot, you know, I was like, well, should I do editing too? But no, there are people that are very skilled, incredible editors. Um, and that's, that's a different thing. So that's what we do. Yeah, so
1: you had to- hey friends, we're going to take a quick 60 second break so I can introduce you to one of my favorite companies and the sponsor of this episode, Show It. Show It is a drag and drop website building platform created especially for photographers and creative entrepreneurs. It's used by some of the biggest names in the creative industry, from Amy and Jordan Demos to Caitlin James, and it's what we built our website on too. What's awesome about ShowIt is that it's both powerful and easy to use. The intuitively designed website builder makes it easy to change colors, fonts, images, and objects. Finally, a website you can update on your own without having to hire a designer for every tiny change. It's Google friendly, and you can design the desktop and mobile versions of your website side-by-side to ensure your website looks great on any device. And you can even integrate a WordPress blog with your ShowIt website, making it that much more powerful. And guess what? They have tons of free and premium professionally designed website templates to help you get started. But what makes ShowIt such a special company is their customer support. They're super responsive and are there to help every step of the way. You can even save 10% on an annual subscription by using the code BTBSHOW. For more information, check out the show notes. And now, back to our episode what we do. Yeah. So you had to, I, I feel like you had to educate people on why this is important within, uh, within this industry. You know, this is something that I feel like I'm seeing more and more copywriters, uh, pop up, you know, I think in, in large part, that's, that's, you know, to a certain extent, I feel like you paved the way, um, in our industry and in saying, you know, Hey people, this is important. And this is why, what are some things you did to educate people about the importance of copywriting?
0: Yeah. So there, I think they say too, like when they, when you see a saturated market, sometimes it's a good thing because that means there's a need, um, go that way. I did not do that. I, I did the opposite. I saw an industry that I was working in and then over and over, I saw people were asking questions in the rising Tide Facebook group and in other things. And I was like, that is freaking copywriting. Like that's what that is. And I remember searching copywriter, copywriting in there. Cause I was trying to, I was like, where are the questions I can answer? I can answer all the questions about copy. Ne- nothing ever came up. There was, I <laughs> (laughs) any search results I ever found for the word copy or copywriting were things that I had posted in there. So I was like, okay, well, this isn't working. I've got to figure out how to educate this, these people on like the thing that they're asking for is called, it has a name and it's called copywriting. And so the first one of the first, and this is kind of a copywriting trick, but anchoring, um, actually somebody pitched the other day something for me and it said, and do you listen to Ben Shapiro? Do you know who that is?
1: No, I know who it is. I don't like it. Okay.
0: Um, he, He said one time, he was talking about Creative Live, I think, or Skillshare, and he said it's the Netflix of online courses. That is anchoring. When you Mm -hmm. are able to communicate to somebody that doesn't know something, it's the blank of blank. That helps them quickly understand it and so I think I started looking and I was like how can I explain to these people what copywriting is and so I would kind of say it's the mood board for your words when I was trying to talk or for your yeah for your words when I'm talking about branding messaging because everybody had their logo their hex codes their color palette but nobody had any brand messaging so I was like well so anchoring was one of the first things that I did and then I also started um and this the the big educational component came in when I committed to regularly creating content again like you said earlier the basics right but uh, it was January of 2017 and I was like I have made a lot of other people a whole lot of money and that has been so great right you know seeing the results from these course launches I have not done anything for myself I have not built my list up I have not I had a blog like when I think about it I never email my 200 people on my list and so I started committing to just like I'm gonna create regular content I'm gonna educate these people on it and then if that leads to something again, kind of crickets first, and then it, it takes that little uptick. Um, so those those were some of the strategies that I used when I first realized that the market needed to be educated. And um, I do think that um, in regards to your comment about other people, uh, which I welcome, like there's, there's enough to go around. There's like abundance, thinking with a, a mentality of abundance is um, so true and valuable. But I, I do always caution other people. Um, if you want to truly find like that, that kismet, that success fast. Like, do something that's not, where's the neat, Where's the, Where's the? gap in the market? How can you fill the gap in the market? And I think that's why it happens so quickly. So, um, you know, other people that are, whenever somebody asks me about writing a copywriting business, I say, okay, then find, what is the whole? What is the one thing you want to do? Like niche, niche, niche. And that is where sometimes things take off.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, um, part of the reason that you've become so big so fast is that you found that gap in the market Um, and at the same time though did such a good job of educating people on your services and I think like you said um, and it's uh, not necessarily intuitive advice to go where a saturated market is because you know when when other people are doing stuff it means that you know people are using their services right Um, for you uh, you had the added challenge of educating people who didn't really know what copywriting was, or meant, yeah. or um, how important it is, uh, you know, uh, and we're gonna talk about this in a second, in the design process of a website, um, you know, because everybody has their mood boards, everybody has you know, different versions of their logo, yes. um, this color, that color, but um, I wonder how many people uh, listening to this have a uh, brand messaging document. Bingo. So that's that's crazy. I also love, uh, and this is one of the things that we tell people all the time. If they're struggling to come up with the uh, content to create, go to uh, you know the different uh, industry Facebook groups that you're a part of. You know, so um, go to wherever the people are that uh, that you're serving that are asking questions, and so. If you're working with other creatives, uh, the Rising Tide Facebook group, the Shoot and Share Facebook group, the Show at Facebook group, uh, and and take note of what questions are being asked over yeah. and over and over again. Uh, that is my favorite thing to do. If I'm Gold ever, mine. yeah, it is. It, there's just so many questions being asked, and you'd be surprised at uh, how many times they're asked. And so yes. when you've answered that question in a blog post, you can you know you can reply to that person and just say, hey, I actually wrote an entire blog post about this. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that, uh, you know, that was uh, something that you mentioned. Um, so where does copywriting fit in the design process?
0: okay may ruffle some feathers but you like copy and you know design so i personally believe and i've been on both sides of the coin many many times copy dictates design um that is just it is just what has worked best um so my one of my first memories of this not quite working was when um, delta.com we did a rebrand relaunch of that it was i can't remember now it was probably 2012 ish 13 maybe um so like we redid the whole website and the designers came to us and they said, we've got a 56 character count we need a headline for, you know, and like things like that and that, you know, if we've got a subhead box it needs this. Body copy needs, can only be this many characters. That was like, pulling teeth it was so hard but you know we figured it out we worked with it but like I just think that there were times when the message was lost or could have been better if we could have gotten two more characters but the parameters were already set by the designers and they for some reason they couldn't change them um, so that being part of my experience and then on the other end I work a lot um, I know you know um, Jen Olmstead of Tonic Sight Shop and Jeff they're just fantastic people and incredible incredibly gifted designers and Jen and I have worked in tandem enough that she She's designed many a sales page after I hand over the copy. And she then comes back at me and says, can we edit this down? Or I she's she's a journalism background. I edited this, can you take a look at it? And that has produced some of the most highly converting sales pages that we've seen because she's then able to um kind of chicken before the egg instead of how we usually think. So, that's my experience and that's my, my thought process. I think one of the really simple ways that you can apply that is don't write your copy in your website building platform. Don't get in show it and start trying to type your about page. Don't get in Squarespace and start trying to type your headline or your tagline or whatever, Write Everything, like pull yourself creatively and mentally out of it, right? On whatever writing platform, there's some you know, with people writing books like Scrivener is great. There's a lot of really great uh, writing tools, Google Docs. That's what we use for all my clients. That's what I'll, and then several copywriting think tanks. Um, that's what most of us use. Um, pull yourself out of it, write your copy somewhere where you can think. And if it can stand on its own, then it's going to be good and highly converting. So,
1: yeah, I love writing a uh, copy just in a notebook. Um, yep. and that's before yep. it ever gets to a website. And I think that, uh, Chris and I, with, uh, some of our design clients, that ends up being one of the things that holds up, uh, the design process it because there's not this understanding, um, and we certainly should do a better job of educating people uh, about this specifically. Um, but there's uh, there's this there's this idea that we're going to come up with the design, and then you plug in you know you kind of plug in the words after that you know when yes. really you need you need the content up front um, to figure out what the what that design is ultimately going to be uh, for the page on that website. So I
0: know nothing about design, but I've heard that being uh, a few of my design friends have said, yeah, I'm waiting on the content it so yeah exactly um, and
1: then that ends up taking so uh that is uh so that's great and again that's something that we we need to do a better job of uh educating uh people about um so, client process yeah yeah we'll right. never
0: learn enough right <laughs>
1: um so when you uh are working with a designer Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, and you mentioned this with Jen, do you uh, write the copy up front and then send that over? So, uh, and how would you prefer... like are there best practices of working with a copywriter?
0: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I think I see is um, when I'm asking somebody, as as the copywriter, kind of similar to how a designer works, you're like, okay, I need the stuff. Like I need the raw material in which to craft from. And I think that a lot of times when it comes to our copywriting clients, I'm like, okay, give me soup to nuts your whole client experience and process. Like I want to hear every bit of it. And you know, they're like, well, I plan and design weddings. So just everything that that entails, I'm like, no, but we need to know if, like, Give you know, give give it to me. What do you What is that first call like? What do you talk about? What are the deliverables? That, I don't think. So that's my first tip. I think like when you can look at look at your process, your product. Um, as a copywriter, um, and I'm sure you know this. These are your features, benefits. You know, you always you figure out the features and then you write the benefit for it. But I I need the features. And so I think that one thing that we can do as creatives is really make sure that we know what all does your process include. What all are your quote unquote to use corporate speak your deliverables for every single bit of it. How many hours of call time? You know, how many rounds of edits? All of these things I think you've got to figure out either before you sit down to write copy yourself or before you hand it over to a copywriter. Um, So I think that that, and then the other big thing I think is foundational that people need first is an understanding of, um, it sounds so basic, but like who they are, what their vision is, what their mission is. Um, Just we have so many clients that come to us for the website copy that don't have a mission statement, a vision statement, um, an elevator pitch. They just have a title. Um, and we need so much more than that to write copy. Um, the person, like we'll pull the personality and I think a lot of people think that is voice and we'll pull the, well, you've got that innately. Like we'll pull that out of you. But what we don't know is like your vision and your mission. And so all of those foundational elements, um, I think you need to develop and spend time in too.
1: So when you're, uh, if someone's going uh, about redesigning their website, let's say, um, should they find a copywriter, work on their, their, uh, content and copy first and then, uh, reach out to a designer or do you kind of prefer knowing right off the bat, okay, here's the designer that I'm going to be working with, um you know, and, and so that you can establish a relationship with the designer as you go through the process.
0: Yeah. I've worked both ways. And I actually had a call with a client this morning. And I said, okay, we're, I'm looking at your website now. Are you in the middle of a redesign? Like what? Cause people, I think, and that's something I've had to learn, like you talking about, like, um, kind of leading your clients. That's we've had to learn that that is one thing that, um, has gone a few different ways. And I think there's, it usually works best when either it's in tandem or copies first, I sure. haven't seen it work as good on the other end. But um, that, yeah, that's usually how we like to roll.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's that's good to know. Um, so now, if somebody is doing this on their own, so they're getting yes. they're getting started, uh, or you know, not in a place where they can afford a copywriter, and again, these are all good things to know on some level on your own, anyways.
0: Yeah. Yep. So
1: what are some practical strategies that somebody can implement today? Uh, on their website, um, you know, to write high converting website copy to get people to book or to inquire or to take whatever action it is that they're looking for people to take.
0: Okay. I love this question. I have three, three answers for you, because I do think that your website 1.0, maybe even your website 2.0 need to be written by you. Um, I think it is uh, just not the best investment of your money to spend a few thousand dollars on copy for your website when you haven't had that product or been doing that, like you need to know your system. You need to know your process. You need to know your market. You need to know your story. You need to have all of that. Like. Wrote before. I've, I think I've seen that from working with a client who she was more on the front end of her business and um, she's not doing that anymore. She said, however, you know, and we've all made investments in our business and then you shift and you pivot. And, um, but that, that's my recommendation. Know it well enough to DIY it, study it. You should do version one version two. When you start to be able to outsource, then, then start working with a copywriter. Um, and I definitely think there's some things, um, like the launch funnels that I was talking about. There's really, um, when, when you need to make, you know, Couple hundred thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, or even a few thousand, five figure launch off of a product maybe it's a good investment if you can really see how that's going to come back um, but what can you do yourself so you you took my first one but it's so good the, um, the Facebook searching data mining another really good place to look is Amazon reviews um, that's one thing that I like to look up um, but not don't just stop at getting ideas bank them somewhere I call it copy banking um, swipe files data mining whatever you want to call it house those words somewhere um, I uh, you want to know what they know what they think what they say and what they do about this problem. Those are the big four. So if you can pull that information over, um, and I also, this is for free. I didn't know it was going to, I usually don't tell this to people unless <laughs> you're a student. Um, yes. I always say too, you want to get that FTS moment. And the FTS moment seems for the F this shiz moment. So you want to know when your client or prospect has that moment where they're like crying into their Merlot and they're like, I'm done. I'm done. I will pay for this. I am so over this problem. This is not going away. If we can figure out that, we are going to be able to write a good copy. And so um, that's my first tip. Spend a lot of time dating. Like, I think, too, sometimes. People's expectations of working with a copywriter is like, oh, I'll just, you know, give them my words and they'll just edit it and make it better and send it back. But like a copywriter spends probably 70% of their time in research and I'm um, figuring out like what, getting all these raw elements together. So that's my first tip, data mine, use Facebook groups, use Amazon reviews. Do you want me to pause or do you want me to keep going?
1: No, I want to, I want to unpack this just a little bit more. Okay, One, go for I, it. Can you just, uh, can you repeat what you said earlier? So we, uh, you want to know four things. Yes. You said, what were those four things again?
0: What they know about this problem, what they think about this problem. So what they know are the things that like, these are factual. What they think is when they're like, I bet there could be a better way. What they say, what are, how are they communicate? Actually, like saying, not just saying to themselves, but saying to other people about this problem. What are they doing to try to fix it? And these can be positive things. These can be negative things. They can be the positive. You know, they're listening to every single business podcast on the planet. because they just found out about Entrepreneur World, and they're so excited to dive in. You know, like um, they always listen to Amy Porterfield every Thursday, and they cannot wait. And they go on a run in the morning. You know, like what I she's a nurse. She wakes up. She, you know, I want to know very specifically, whatever client avatar it is, um, what they know, think, say, and do, and you want to know their FTS moment too. I
1: I love that. I love the, um, I love what you say about, um, especially say, you know, because I think that we communicate differently than than our clients, especially we just know, we just know more than them. Um, you know, because, because we're the professionals fulfilling that service. Um, the big one for us was uh, when we left Rising Tide Society, we were we were working with Brands That Convert. That was kind of our tagline. Um, but people don't, you know, they don't get excited about I the word convert. convert, you know? Nope. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'll just just a simple word switch from Brands That Convert to Brands That Book.
0: Which was uh, brilliant. I think you need to realize how brilliant that switch was. That was so good. That well, was right. Know,
1: I, I think it's something that we, it's certainly not anything that we uh, realized right away. Um, it took a lot of listening and kind of, and, and realizing, okay, this isn't working, you know, how we want it to work. Um, And so I think it's a lot of trial and error in in fixing that. Um, What about Amazon? So how would you use an Amazon uh, review? Because I I haven't heard that tip before. Uh, So how would how would I go about implementing that?
0: The people that get on Amazon and write these really long reviews, it's very interesting to me, but they exist. And so why not look at what they're saying? So like say you are a wedding planner, I'm just going to use a very basic creative industry example. You're looking up books on how to plan a wedding. You're going to want to go down to that area and talk. you want to look for what they liked that they learned. Like what did, what did they... What was the best part of this? They finally figured out how to X, Y, Z. What was left out from sometimes the negative reviews? People will be like, you know, they never helped me with this. This is really confusing planning a wedding and nobody ever showed us how to do this in the book. Um, Those little moments can be gold gems. Um, You can't always, sometimes Facebook groups help you get really uh, right to that demographic, like you said. Um, And join groups, I think, too, it needs to be said. Join groups that are you are not, not, you're going to be a fly on the wall. You're not going to be, you're not the, it's like, I'm in a couple of groups on brides for client work, obviously. Um, but they're all brides. I'm not a bride right now, but like I sit and I listen and I take notes and I watch. Um, so join a few groups like that as well.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, so when you're part of those groups, um, do you ask questions ever or are you just listening?
0: I have before for clients. I always am like, what do people think about like some of the things that I ask, especially like, would you be, which webinar title, which, what are you excited to sign up for? You know, new workshop and, um, just see what people say. So sometimes I do, um, ask questions.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of split on surveys. I used to be a big believer in surveys and I still think that they have value on some level. Um, but on another level, I feel like people don't they don't uh they don't know what they want you know and they so their answers what they want. yeah they don't they don't reflect necessarily what they're actually looking for yes
0: um
1: which is interesting so anyways we, we true. point two uh, point, point one two. was awesome so i can't i can't wait for point two
0: well i hope point two is gonna let down <laughs> learn to write a better headline i think that like That is, that's again, like we are talking about a lot of basics today, but when you, if your headline isn't being read, nothing else is being read. And I think a lot of times I'll see really bad, vague headlines in the creative world with words that are, we see all the time and words that, um, just don't carry any weight, you know, like creating authentic brands or something, you know, like, no, like speak, get cut to the chase, get to the point. Um, I think I've got a blog somewhere on headline formulas, but headline formulas are a plenty. If you just want to run a Google search, but if you can get good at writing headlines and email subject lines, and then if you're good at those, start split testing them, start split testing them on websites. Um, I think a split test needs to run for a week before you can see, um, like a normal week, not a like Christmas week. Um, before you can see like what you know did people react to that did people click on that button when it said that did people you know on heat maps cover over that section or not um but that can be something that's really helpful too but by learning to write a better headline you're just you're you're banking on yourself that you're the rest of it's going to the rest of your copy is going to pull the weight But the headline at least got their attention to look at it and decide if it was for them or not.
1: Yeah, And I think it's so helpful uh, splitting things down or into the next step, thinking about what the next step is for people. So starting with the headline, you know, if you, the the point, the whole point of the headline is to get them to click into whatever's next, right? Um, And then thinking about that first sentence and the goal of that first sentence. Um, And that was a real, yeah, Yeah. I think that was a real eye-opening moment for me um, because a lot of this stuff can be really overwhelming, right? But uh, it's... uh, you know, it's just leading people through whatever you want them to do, and if you can break them down into little steps like that, starting with the headline, I think it makes a huge difference.
0: Yep, that perfectly segues into number
1: three. Excellent. Well so, done. so hit us with number three.
0: Okay, so you want to break up your copy, and I think she would be comfortable with me talking about it here. I recently built out a funnel campaign for Shay Cochran of SE Stock Shop, and she, when we were going back and forth through the edits. I realized I need to do a little bit better job communicating about like what um, is working in email copy these days. Big chunks is not working on on websites or anything. People typically read in an F-shaped formation on the internet, they have for about, I think it's been like about five years now, that's been kind of, you read that first sentence, half the second, jump. First sentence, half the second, jump. So when you're writing, especially email copy, there should be like very few paragraphs. Um, the best converting emails from, uh, entrepreneurs who are just killing it. It's, you know, even two words, line break, one sentence, line break. And I, um, I know sometimes when I, like when I gave that to Shay, she was like, okay, I don't want it to be like too unprofessional. And it is that balance that you want to strike, but that there's a couple of psychological things that are going on there when people work their way down the page They get that that reward mechanism and their brain kicks in so they feel like they're we're making progress This isn't war and peace. We're reading um, and it just visually breaks it up, too So I think that's something that I see all the time. There's just too many um, text here, it's hard on websites because a lot of times we want that beautiful column it's so clean, but and I don't have a problem with that as long as you realize that majority of people are not going to read your third and fourth sentence there. Um, so just don't put the, you know, just know that. Yeah. I don't think it's a problem. Um, kind of the same with bullets. Typically, people read the first and the second and the last one, so they don't read those other bullets. And so just um, visually, you can put things wherever. Uh, I think that that's a good thing to do, but just, just know that when a broken up copy typically performs better.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I think of just the emails that I get, and I'm on a lot of different email lists cause I'm so curious about what people are sending out and the emails that I want to go through or that I yes. open and actually read through. If it was just one long paragraph, the chances of me actually reading through that slim, but yeah. uh, most of the people who send uh, whose email list I'm on, they do that, you know, it's one or two sentences Can't break, you? you know, and it, uh, and it leads you through, um, you know, eventually to whatever their, their call to action is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, again, one of those eye opening things, uh, just when you start thinking about these kind of things intentionally, you know, yeah. um, and the difference that it can make for uh, engagement, um, yes. you know, within, in emails, one thing that we always, we always try to do uh, is keep it short because we realize that the longer it is, the less likely somebody's going to get to the call to action. So we do our best to keep the call to action above, you know, above the fold. Oh,
0: that's good. Um, that's really good. Yeah. And then
1: always have one. You know, yeah. Um,
0: Always have one, two. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I found, you know, I've, I've caught myself and especially when you're not doing this for mobile. And so this is kind of the, I think the design piece of that is that, uh, what's short on a desktop, it might not look short on mobile, you know? So and so true. I'll have three I'm four sins. That, Yeah. yeah and, 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 um, you know, because I, I, f- I do feel like at prof- as professionals, we're working on desktops all day, but most yeah. people are, you know, when they, when they get our emails are reading them from a mobile device. Yes. So we've noticed that, you know, if I open one of my own emails up on mobile and realize, oh crap, it's just that it looks <laughs> oh, like a big I, paragraph, you know, yeah. uh, I can almost guarantee that our click rate going to be um, lower.
0: Exactly. And I like that you mentioned the numbers. I think like the most fascinating thing about all of this is like, ch- there's really no, there was what was it? one of my favorite copywriters mentioned a like, quote unquote rule uh, that she has not found true. I can't, I wish I could remember what the rule it was. But all of these suggestions that we're talking about, like try your audience it, what is right is what your audience perform responds to. So like test everything, test, test constantly measure everything. The numbers don't lie. So like whatever you're seeing work for your list and your numbers keep doing more of that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so most of this stuff we've been talking about, um, uh, do it yourself, copywriting, and um if somebody wants to, you know, they they're eating up what you're saying right now, which I'm sure they are, uh where do they learn more?
0: My website is ashlandwrites.com, and I am on the internet on social media at Ashlyn S. Carter.
1: Okay, awesome. And um one question that I, I've gotten from and I, I feel like I have to ask yeah. it. It wasn't in okay. the scope of the questions that uh I sent over, you know, just be a that,
0: curveball guy. Yeah,
1: that's right. So um But when I when I asked uh, our course students, hey, what's one question that you would want Ashley to answer? Almost all of them said, uh, you know, they struggle with their about page. So Mm -hmm. quickly, do you have any kind of off the top of your head uh, tips for tackling an about page? Or maybe maybe you've written a blog post about this already or something like that uh, that you can direct people to.
0: I think there's an about page. Blog post, and I'm revamping. I used to have a mini course on a free mini course, and I'm revamping that. But I can run down the the recipe real quick. So you want to start with an attention-getting headline, and kind of how we've been talking about today. This may not be. it's, It's not about you on your about page. This may be that something they know, think, say, or do. Um, This may be that FTS, that may be the FTS moment. I would reserve more for your work with me or your services page. Um, But I did have one of my student the other day ask, I feel like I'm writing similar bits of copy on multiple pages of my website. And I was like, good, that's a good thing. It's okay if you're about page doesn't feel as much as your LinkedIn, like your LinkedIn bio, like that's a good thing. It needs to be, it's a piece of marketing collateral. It needs to market. Um, so you start with that attention getter, and you reassure them that you're in the right spot. And then that's where you introduce yourself and your credibility. You wanna reassure these people that you have what it takes, you've cut your chops, and so you dive into a little more of that and then you always end it with a call to action. Um, You don't ever want them to land, and I know you teach this on any page, and not be ushered into the next place to go. You always want to let them know. It is getting more and more comfortable or uh, part of our landscape as a creative entrepreneurial group to have um, these longer about pages that show bits and pieces of your personality. And that's a good thing. We, I mean, we have to do that. We you know to a great quote, I put it in a have evernet quotes file and I put it in there. I, I don't have it memorized, um, but a brand has life and breath. It breathes. It's like, so you, you want to like, flesh that out on your about page. There's no better place to talk about your story and your favorites, your likes, your dislikes, and create those connection points. Um, But as far as the copy goes, that stuff, that recipe I just ran through has to be there. Um, But then other than that, go crazy.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I like what you said at the beginning. It it is for um, the person that you're reading about. You know, I think the one thing that we teach is uh, the about page, it's it's about you. Uh, It should have your story. But it's also about the person, uh, who's visiting your site. Um, you know, they should be able to identify, um, their needs in there somewhere. Um, so, uh, if somebody wanted to improve their copywriting skills, they can certainly go to, you know, and you have, you'll have your course launching again sometime this, um, this spring, I I assume. Um, so I'll make sure. Okay. April. So those, that will go in the show notes. Um, what else, uh, are there any other books or favorite resources that you have, uh, that people should definitely check out?
0: Okay, so the first one, Copy Bloggers website, is so great. I think that that is um, a great, especially, we talked about content marketing a little too. That one has a great uh, synopsis, overlap of like content marketing and copywriting and conversion copywriting. So I think that's a great and it's easy to understand. It's very applicable to your business. Um so copyblogger.com is one that I always recommend. And then two books I actually recommended them to Megan Martin and I'm pretty sure she read I know she bought both and I know she read one. She might have read the other um but she told me she really enjoyed them. The first is Influence by Robert Cialdini. Okay. It was written in the eighties and he talks about the six levers that we've got to pull to kind of get people influenced and to buy from us or book us Um, so that's really just it's interesting it's easy to read Um, he's a psychologist but it's not overly science-y and then the other book that I recommend is Breakthrough Advertising Um, that was written in that's by Eugene Schwartz it was written in like the 60s I think and it's just like the Bible I think it is on Amazon for like oh, it's been like 140 something because there's very few in print. Um, I won a copy one time and that's how I have it. Uh, but that book is, breaks down just the basic principles of headlines and features and benefits. Just like it is the, the, the manual on copywriting.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, I've only read uh, one of those three books. So I'm gonna have to, um, I might take my was time with the third one. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Influence. And um, so good. when I read it, I didn't even realize it was written so long ago. You know, not that.
0: Well, he updated it in 2007, but, um, there was a, you can even tell now, you know, you read a few of that and you're like, well, not sure that would work today, <laughs> but, right, so.
1: but again, just to kind of the, um, uh, the. How evergreen human psychology is, right? You know, like precisely the the strategy or tactic might change a little bit, um, but these components of human uh, of human psychology that things like copywriting tap into, yeah, they don't they don't change. And so, yep. um, something from the '60s, I think, uh, can be can be used or strategies Every from the '60s can be used today, um, yep. and. You know, I think that I think that everybody should take some time uh, to improve their copywriting skills. You know, even if they get to the point, or even at the point where where they can hire a copywriter, Um, like you said in the beginning. about people writing their own site at first if version 1.0 version 1 2.0 um, we tell people the exact same thing for design design your mm-hmm. first website design your second website there's so many resources out there you know there are templates for Squarespace WordPress show it whatever that whatever uh, content management system you're using Go That's interesting
0: that website. y'all do that too. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Because your, your aesthetic, I mean, you should see the first photograph we've ever, you know, the first wedding photos we've ever taken and how different they are from today. You know, yeah. I, I, I think they're still good, but they're, the aesthetic is just a lot different. Yeah. Um, and so you don't want to drop, I mean, between, you know, somebody doing branding, design, copywriting for you, um, that could easily be a 10K project right easily. there. And easily. so there's nothing, I think, that, that would create a bigger hurdle unnecessary hurdle early in your business than hiring somebody to do all those things and realizing you know like like we did even a year ago oh wait our messaging not quite right you know we gotta fix it or um who we thought our ideal client is nah that's not that's not who it is or i thought this is the style photo that we were you know when we switched from digital to film the aesthetic changed you know fortunately i you know we i have krista so, and she kind of hates it, you know, when I'm like, hey, uh, we should update our website. You know, she's like, Hey, really are been, you know, I'll pay
0: you in tacos tonight. Yeah,
1: yeah that's right. That's right. Well, Ashton, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to uh, share the things that you know, even things that you don't usually tell people in podcasts, you know, uh, you Anything just share with your free. students. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. you know, I think, again, this speaks to just how much you know. And so if you liked what you heard today, you need to go and check out Ashton's website. Um, put on your, uh, put April, uh, you know, mark in, uh, in your calendars that in April, Ashton's going to be opening the doors for a copywriter, copywriters, copywriting for creatives uh, course again. Um, I know that we, I have, we have students that are also in your course, um, and they love it. So make sure that you mark that in your calendar, and vice versa, um, and, uh, go and follow Ashlyn on, uh, really everything, but Instagram, uh, for sure.
0: Thank you so, so much, David. This was a blast.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have to talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the Brands That Book podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving a review so that others are more likely to find it. For show notes and other resources, visit DavianChrista.com.